Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we are looking at season one, episode 16, the show where Lilith comes back, in which Frasier's ex-wife visits him in Seattle and old feelings between the pair are stirred with some complications. So Key, this week it features reference to wedding vows as a very minor subplot in the uh, subplot device. I don't want to scare you to death, but my first question, the first part of this question is, do you ever envisage getting married? And secondly, are you a believer in writing your own vows would you do a Niles in this instance I am very cautious to my girlfriend listens to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> okay well, well you can speak hypothetically here pretend you're a single man <laughs> uh yeah I, I probably do, I do see myself getting married uh and I, I think That's I would write my own I think I would write my own vows I think I think it's just it's more personal it's got a nice touch to it and I actually I'm gonna come out and say this I think Maris's vows were lovely <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's for someone who we are just kind of shown to be a really cold frigid iceberg of a woman like obviously we never see her but that's how we envisage her it's nice to know that she's got this romantic side I think and, and I, and I think she hired love each other when they got married I think she hired a load of like English students fresh out of uni need a job and she had them working around the clock <laughs> like a sweatshop for yeah. bow production <laughs> no I'm a, I, I've only been to a couple of weddings in my time and they they never wrote their own vows it was always you know the whatever the stock phrases that the church used I don't know what they're called the original vows but yeah I'm with you I don't know I don't know. Sometimes it can be cheesy, which is obviously what the joke is in this episode. The insanely kind of romantic imagery that Niles comes up with, um, sipping from the font of eternal adoration or perpetual adoration. But yeah, they're they're a funny one. I think people either sit on one side of the fence, they either think they're cheesy or they think they're really romantic. But I did not think that you would say you'd you'd write your own. I thought you'd be dead against them. Oh no. Are you? What, what about you? Will? What would you do? <sighs> That's a good question. I mean, as someone who's obviously got a creative writing background. It sounds like a slap in the face to to people that know me if I said I would write my own, but I don't know, mate. It's a tough one. I think I'll have to wait until I actually meet a girl and propose to her <laughs> before I know I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna write any any vows. But getting struck, bro. Before we get into the view of the episode, um, are you ready to tuck yourself into trivia corner? I am indeed. Excellent, because we've got some lovely questions from our resident quiz master, or one of the resident quiz masters, Corey Mischief Knight. Okay, question one. Okay, prepare yourself. Okay. Which musical artist? did Lilith hope Frasier would be introducing on his radio show? Oh, okay. I think I do know this one. Um, oh, what was it? it was it um, Pearl Jam? It is Pearl yeah. Jam. Are you familiar with Pearl Jam? Tell me I, that. I know the name, and I'd probably, if you played their songs for me, I'd probably know, but I'll, off the top of my head, I don't know any of their songs. Right. That's Yeah, I'm, I, I know a few of their songs. I've never really dived deep in them, but they're kind of a, a contemporary of Nirvana, born from the Seattle grunge scene in the 90s. Um, Eddie Vedder's gone on to do other things, like he did the soundtrack to the film Into the Wild, one of my favourite books, but I've not seen the film, but I hear it's really good. Uh, yeah, really successful soundtrack to that. But yeah, good good band, Pearl Jam. So good question there, Corey. You've got one out of three, okay? We move on. As okay. of this episode, how long ago was Frasier and Lilith's wedding? Okay, I think I do know this. Did they, um, I think, does he say they got married seven years ago? Seven years ago they did. I mean, obviously this ago. probably rings true with if you've watched Cheers, which I, I have up to season six, but kind of have lost all memory of it to be honest so i assume this does link up perfectly because there are obviously continuity errors between the two shows namely that martin is dead in, in shears um 
and John Mahoney plays a completely separate character. So I assume this is one of the things that does match up. I'd have to go back and watch Cheers to look into that. Well, one question just about the title. I mean, I'm getting off topic slightly. Um, the show where Lilith comes back, is that a, am I right in thinking that Cheers did episodes with the show where I is that a Cheers don't reference? No, I thought this was a was a Frasier thing, a unique Frasier thing, where that it was just the the gimmick title they would use every time a Cheers cast member comes back. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if that was a hangover from like a naming convention used in Cheers. Interesting question though. I've always just thought of it as because I think I associate it with the episodes where a Cheers character is in it that I assumed it was some kind of a Cheers thing. Mm. um... Yeah, no, I I get that. Yeah, it was kind of a a private gag or something. I'm not sure. If anyone listening knows Cheers better than we do, they might be able to clarify that. Okay, can you knock this out of the park? Three out of three. I've got a feeling you might. What did Lilith order for breakfast? Oh, okay. Okay, I think I think did she order poached eggs and she got fried? She ordered poached eggs. The, I think the dis- yeah, she does get fried, and then yeah. there's a further discrepancy with the toast. Can you remember what oh. toast she originally ordered? Oh yes, was it rye? It rye? is rye. Yes. Rye is a word I have on the brain at the moment because I've been doing a lot of crosswords during lockdown, and rye <laughs> has come up about three times across three separate crosswords. Uh, New York Times, New Yorker, all of them seem to have a thing for rye at the moment. But Keith, three out of three. How do you feel? Oh, I feel amazing. Absolutely. Um, Unbelievable. So, Corey, thank you for those. He actually said in his comment that the episode was so tight and well written that it was actually really tricky to find outliers for the trivia, which is exactly what we were saying before we went on air. Um, yeah, so I really. Know that even the, the resident trivia masters are finding it difficult. Yeah, I really um, struggled yeah, with this one. Three out of three, key. Well played. Right, over to me and you. Do you want to kick things off? Do you want to question me? Okay, so I'll go with my first question. I've only got the two this week, I'm afraid. As I, I also really struggled with, that is fine. with trivia questions. Okay, number one, how many different different types of ivy is frederick allergic to oh man i can i can literally see lilith's face when she delivers this line and then it cuts to phrase i'm somewhere my range in my head is like seven to thirteen is what my i'm so i'm trying to trying to pick a number from that range i'm gonna i'm gonna go 11 okay well it is in that range it's seven. Oh man <laughs> i need to go back to the beginning seven types of ivy i didn't even know there were that many types of ivy I poison no i mean where where what are the other six is what i want to know <laughs> well we've um, got one <laughs> yeah i don't even know if we get poison ivy in this country or whether it's like a unique um, a kind of indigenous plant you know strain in for america only i'm not sure I don't know. i've got loads of ivy in like I, I wouldn't call it a garden in my flat because it's it's a tiny little block um, <laughs> but there is ivy everywhere yeah so. we have that kind of yeah growing clinging ivy which always yeah. looks really nice on like old homes as well um, but yeah poison ivy sounds like hell like absolute hell it's clearly an like a very real camping hazard if you're kind of wild camping in America I think okay question one key from my selection can you name the three things Fraser questions Hank on as to whether they are being fed in his life fed in quote marks there and Hank being the first caller on KACL okay I'm gonna say Mm -hmm. love yes his career yes and the third I don't know was it like just his identity or personality something like that very close it's simple self-esteem so you've basically oh, got a half point okay. there but uh, yeah, yeah you, getting love and career I mean absolutely fair play there for remembering that I mean I Hank seems like a really I, nice guy I don't want to jump ahead but you know he seems like a good guy yeah I, I was a bit it was a bit of a strange call for me I don't know it just mm. it, I, I feel like his advice wasn't the usual it was good advice but I don't yeah. know it wasn't I don't want to say too much too soon before we get into the review yeah, okay, but yeah. I know more, what you more, mean more, more, 
we'll put it on ice. Yeah. yeah, but no, keep keep that keep that thought in mind. Okay, okay. Who's your second question. Second and final question, and I'm going to get mm-hmm. it's a generally speaking, when yeah. does Daphne get very bad headaches? Oh. I I know the quote. It's when there's a clawing at the cosmic something. Um, I'm getting the clawing at the cosmic fabric. Oh, you're so close. Oh, alliteration. It, it's it's alliteration. What clawing at the cosmic and there's another C. Yeah. Continuum. Yes. Clawing at the cosmic continuum. Clawing at the cosmic continuum. So yeah, a nice triple C there, and very very profound for Daphne actually. I think She's like the psychics kind of brings out this weird, slightly intellectual, spiritual side. I think. Yeah, I, I tell you, that is a phrase I could just roll out again and again. Oh man, there's a clawing at the cosmic continuum. There, <laughs> <laughs> okay, question two for me. In which mountain range is Frederick attending chess camp? Oh, God. Um, Even better if you can kind of tell me what region of America they're in. I was going to go somewhere in Austria, so it's definitely not that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's in America. It's in America. <laughs> I just realised that's a massive clue that I didn't have to give you. <laughs> you should have said the Alps. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go with that. Um, I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. I was too busy writing down Ivy. <laughs> it is the Berkshires, the Berkshires, which I believe are in New England somewhere, potentially Massachusetts. I know them because one of the artists I look at in my PhD research is Norman Rockwell. Um, any American listening to this will know who Norman Rockwell is. He's one of the most famous and celebrated painters of like everyday genre scenes and kind of everyday life in America, very small town America. And the Berkshires were, he lived in New England all his life mostly, and the Berkshires are often painted in his work so i think i think just generally quite a beautiful mountain range actually it sounds having a chess camp there and going for a nature walk sounds like an absolute gig to be honest i'm jealous of freddie at this point freddie has a great life at this he stage does. he does christmas is... last yeah. like, like, few weeks ago he was going to disneyland and stuff was he having dinner with was it julie andrews like he's having yeah, a great he just, we said we agreed it was a bit much but you know he's got, <laughs> got a life there hasn't he like it's, it's pretty good okay you've asked all your questions haven't you yeah you think you've got one left yeah i have one yeah. left yet yeah, you've asked yours okay question three my last question of the uh, of the trivia corner this week which husband and wife recording artists does Lilith accuse Frasier of plagiarising in his letter? And this is then oh. reiterated later by Niles in Nervosa. I, I actually really, really love this recurring joke. I think, is it the Captain and Tennille? It is the Captain and Tennille. Are you familiar with them at all before this episode? Because I'm, I'll be you... honest, I think other than like a few references here and there, this is the only time I ever hear their name every time I see this episode. I know the song Love Will Keep Us Together, and that's it. Oh, you know that song? I don't think yeah. I've ever heard that song before. Um, is it that's Love the... Will Keep Us Together? Oh man! Is it not that? Are you not thinking of "Love Will Tear Us Apart" by Joy Division? <laughs> oh, that's also possible. Two very, very different messages. <laughs> I've only just realised they're like polar opposites. Uh, <laughs> depending on what mood you're in, you know, you can either throw on Captain Tennille or you can throw on Joy Division. I mean, very talk, much, um... talking of wedding vows, if you got those two mixed up, what what song do you want for your wedding? Wow, <laughs> "Love Will Tear Us Apart." Can you? Imagine the DJ getting that wrong. It's absolutely staggering. 
Um, but Clay, Key, that was a fantastic trivia corner this week from you. A customary fantastic one, actually, because you very rarely let the side down. I did oh, so-so. I got, I got one well. of them-ish, um, <laughs> which I think is also how I do every week. So, And thank you so much to Corey, as always, for those excellent questions. Um, hopefully we get some more of those next week. And I know, as we mentioned last week, that Coffee will be making his return very soon after he's finished exams, etc. So more trivia is on the way. So this week, this episode, the title sequence animation key i made a promise last week that i was going to start talking about the animation we have can you remember actually what the animation is before i tell you just in case you were you were looking right so this is my problem i've watched more than one episode of frasier in the last couple of days so i could be i could be referencing a different episode i like that so so Um, they might have confused in your mind take a stab at what you think it might i have seen one in the last couple of days where you see lights just coming on as that is what the animation is this is it this one yes yeah this one actually i feel like it gets used a lot um and it's just it's a really nice one there's something very romantic about like a skyline kind of being lit up at night um like images of like new york and chicago etc all these iconic american skylines whenever you see them like at night and they've just got those few lit windows it just reminds me i remember there was a study a few years ago where these kind of cultural sociologists were trying to determine how many windows there were in in on the islands of new york city and like obviously like taking a a small portion then counting them and then extrapolating it via equations whatnot but i just think yes i think windows and cities and the fact that fraser's view is just so amazing and lilith comments on it in this episode windows are kind of important i think in in fraser generally so a pretty a pretty nice animation yeah i'll go along with that yeah there was a lot i just got from lit windows (laughs) but i'm gonna say some weeks there's no animation whatsoever and i always just think it's the biggest waste like why would they have had an episode where they didn't put an animation on it surely they could have just reused another one if they didn't want to make make a new one but i never got that to me it's just like i don't understand the creative decision that went behind each one like did they try to match them up some weeks some some weeks it's lightning and then in the episode it's raining so i just don't understand the episodes where they did pick one but that's uh that's another another question for another day we begin this week we've already talked about him hank phoning in kscl do you want to talk us through hank and his problem hello dr crane i just don't know what to do about my weight I've tried diet after diet, from the milkshakes three times a day to that scary bald-headed lady on TV. Okay, so so Hank's, you know, he's he's worried. He's, he needs, he wants to lose weight. He's tried diet after diet. Something about a scary bald-headed lady <laughs> on TV, which I'm not. I don't. I didn't play with me. I'm not sure what that's about. I think it's probably someone like who's promoting on an advert, like some kind of health juice or a kind of diet plan. Either that, or he's been watching some illicit channel, and Martha Paxton has invaded his house. He's been seen reported by images of Martha Paxton. But yeah, like Fraser's theory here, his kind of his his reasoning of of Hank's problem is very typically Fraser. It's very Freudian, as we will come to. Lilith calls it. But yeah, I mean, do you agree with what Fraser prescribes here for to Hank? Do you think he's someone who can easily be helped? Um, well, in a way, I suppose, because generally speaking, I think if people are down, if people are a bit depressed, they they're likely to maybe you know comfort eat and things like that. This is a bit of a generalisation, mm. but you know, I think I think there's been a study recently that said in lockdown, people are eating a lot more. Out of- feeling a bit down feeling yeah lonely, i saw that. Like that um so i suppose that makes sense but there could be a lot of other things as well i mean if he's sitting around watching tv all day he's, he's probably going to eat more just out of boredom so i think yeah i think yeah i think depression boredom all of these things kind of link together and cause overeating but so fraser actually at this point when he's speaking to hank he prescribes like extended therapy to to him like you know he's 
basically admitting in the short time I have with you, I can't help you. I'm going to give you the, 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 the phone number of someone that can. He actually does this, I feel, relatively few times when when really I think it should be like common practice for him. I think I think 90% of the people that phone up to him are nut jobs that have like big issues that he cannot diagnose and fix in five minutes. And yet we don't often hear him like extending that kind of professional courtesy. Sometimes he's just like, yeah, I'm sick to death of listening to you. I'm hanging up. So yeah, it's interesting to see that Hank who like, he's not particularly remarkable, but he's like the first time we see a, 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 a caller actually get medical help offered to them live on air. I love the idea of a guy in extended therapy because he wants to name his boat the Intrepid. Can you imagine that? <laughs> um, that is but... definitely worthy of extended therapy. <laughs> so yeah, I, I completely agree. There is pretty much everyone who calls in to Fraser's show needs extended therapy yeah, and you would do. think there would be some kind of a, a link up between Frasier and you know maybe even like Niles and his therapist's office yeah the, like a practice that a feeder practice where he kind yeah. of diverts people yeah because if, if he did that with Niles like it's just a no-brainer for the business he would bring Niles and obviously yeah. that's not what psychiatry is about but the fact they never do this in the episode, in the whole series, to me, just seems like a massive, like, just missed opportunity. I don't know. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But I just, for me, I think Hank's call is a bit weird because it's not a long speech that Frazier gives. Where you know, sometimes he has these long speeches which he makes a really good point. It's quite meaningful and things like that. Or you have one of the funnier ones. Hmm. Um, for me, I, I was a bit. It's yeah. It, it just seems a vehicle for Lilith to call in. Yeah, no, very, very true, right. actually. No, it's a really good point, because I, I wanted to segue onto Lilith's entrance. The fact it's voice only, and immediately, like, you know, the studio audience, the canned laughter makes the noise. We know it's Lilith if we watch Cheers. I just think her entrance is brilliant, and that line about leading another person astray down one of your dark, dead-end Freudian hallways, just amazing. But yeah, you're completely right. As we see so often now, we start overanalyzing the script. A lot of these scenes like with Hank is just a setup for a better joke that's going to come later. But yeah, Lilith's whole entrance I think is fantastic. The fact that Frasier refers to her as a celebrity, it's like, oh, they know you. <laughs> I, like, I mean, do you get the impression that Frasier would spend a lot of his time complaining about his ex-wife on air? Because I feel like that would be an unprofessional thing for him to do. But yet, in the canon of the show, he seems to have done it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think we said previously with, you know, Martin and, and his sex life and things like that. <laughs> yeah, that's often, a very good point. Yeah, he often uses his show as a vehicle for just talking about his personal life when he shouldn't. He really shouldn't. No, um, like, it's just the biggest breach of, like, yeah, ethic and professional code. But no, that's a really good point, actually. Using that example from Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, the, the talking about his father's sex life. He clearly is someone who's not afraid. And I, I, I think in pre... I'm, maybe I'm getting confused, but I feel like in other episodes where Lilith comes back i know there is one where she appears when he's in kacl and it actually she appears physically and he screams i just feel like there's other references to to, to her presence on the in the kind of community of the show and beyond this episode but yeah i just think lilith in general is such a great character i mean what are your kind of just vibes here the first time we're, we're getting to see her in here yeah i i forgot how good she was in this episode mm. i i thought this when when we said last week which episode was next i thought oh yeah it's okay it's all right i don't mind it's so but I enjoyed Lilith 
far more than I remembered. I, I really, really like her as a character. And one thing I will say just before I forget in terms of, you know, the show going forward and things like that. Am I right in thinking that this is the first reference to Gil Chesterton a show? I, that's so weird you said that. I haven't made a note of that, but that's exactly what kind of light bulb went off in my head. Yeah, when he, he recommends listening to Restaurant Beat to Lilith sarcastically, um, I think that is the first reference to Gil. And I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, no, we said, didn't we, the first episode we see him, I think is Fraser Crane's day off at the end of this season. But yeah, really, really good shot, actually, is the first reference to Gil. And I, I completely agree with you. I, I love Lilith. B.B. Neweth, I think, is is the actor's name. She's wonderful. Obviously, was great in Cheers as well, which is why they didn't recast her, because why would you? But, but I mean, before we kind of get back to Fraser's apartment and we have the build-up to Lilith coming, lovely exchange between Fraser and Ross, where he tries to fire her and she just holds up the, the, the kind of manila envelope with I'm Union written on. A very memeable image. I see that on like memes on Fraser uh, fan club and on the subreddit like all the time. I was recently actually on a picket line for, for university strikes um, that were happening across the country a couple of months ago, which seems like years ago now. And people were obviously making their own kind of pop culture placard signs. And part of me was so tempted to like, if I could get a big enough printout of Ross holding the I'm Union, <laughs> it would just be the perfect thing to hold above you in a strike. I think you should have done it well. I think you'd have looked great. I think I would have, you know, and <laughs> if people didn't get it, they'll at least get the union part so it's a win-win I've, I've actually made a note so when we get back after this point to Fraser's apartment there's the big build-up because Lilith's coming Daphne's got a huge headache because of she senses a disturbance in the force Niles is antsy because of the bad blood that still exists between him and, and him and Lilith which becomes clear a little bit later on just so many funny lines at this point I forgot how many good lines there are this is probably the first episode like well no I, I have I've mentioned this before but the first episode i can remember in a long time actually making me laugh out loud a lot of these lines were, were martin's as well like whatever happened to the sanctity of divorce oh, that, that was when, my one when, that when was going to draw attention yeah when she tells uh eddie to go away he says i took a half step before <laughs> i realized she was talking to the dog so many good john mahoney lines here but I just, I just really like the setup of the the four of them in the living room and kind of anticipating some someone coming round. yeah i mean i was when i go through when i watched the episode i make a little star and a little note of lines that I think could be my favourite line. Mm-hmm. And listening to John Mahoney speak every single time he, he had a line, I was crossing out the old one going, no, it's this one. It's this one. Um, I <laughs> so, also love so many good ones. I also love um, Niles' line in this one um, where Frazier says, can you at least try to be civil? And he goes, okay, but I refuse to be warm. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Niles is someone who just exudes so little warmth anyway, unless it's <laughs> Daphne. It's just a brilliant line. I mean, have you ever been in that position where you've had someone come around to the house or you've met someone and you've, you've had to be civil, but you, you weren't warm? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All the yes. time, mate. <laughs> you sounded like Ross. <laughs> she goes, yes. Which <laughs> has not been listening to Fraser. And then he goes, is that right, Ross? Yes. <laughs> I feel like um, I can't go in much detail, but loads of times, yeah. That's... Loads of times. Yeah, you can't yeah. name any names. But, um, no, no, I think it's uh, it's a very valid thing, uh, Niles says. He's clearly very pent up because of the, the rib taking at uh, his, his, his vows and his Amaris's vows that Lilla found so hilarious at the wedding. In fairness to Lilith, several years on, she can still quote those vows word for word. Which I, <laughs> I think love. that's testament to how good the writing of those vows was. I think Marius and Niles really hit it at the park. If someone could remember them seven
seven years down the line. It's a bit like, I mean, with vows anyway, I presume the writers remember them because they were practicing them and stuff. And it's like, I've, I found recently actually related to weddings and speeches, the cue cards when I gave the best man speech at my brother's wedding. And I have them in my room on like a bookshelf. Uh, and I... I genuinely think I could do that speech for like the whole 15 minute for like word for word like right for you right now without any prompt almost word for word because it's just I practiced it so many times in my room I was so nervous and I was just like you know I've got to get it right blah 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 blah. but then on the day you know I was barely looking at the cue cards because it was so ingrained um it's just it's just weird how like yeah how you remember stuff like that the fact that it's a wedding here kind of made me think of that we have I thought perhaps you were sailing up the transplendent river of your love I made a note here don't think transplendent is a word I was going to ask you what it meant I thought maybe I'm just not smart Enough. Yeah, and I, 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 it's Word is telling me it's not Microsoft Word that is, and I, I haven't, I haven't actually googled it, but so it might be. I'm just going off the words that I know, but okay, I've resplendent might have been the word. Yeah, I've, and then obviously there are transparent or whatever. It seems like a portmanteau of the two. I've just typed it on Google. I've got yourdictionary.com, which says that it is uh, resplendent in the highest degree. Wow, so it actually is a word, but Word Probably Microsoft that. Word doesn't doesn't have it in its dictionary. That's interesting then, because I've every so I've kind of had to go back. I was like, is, did you say transplendent? Because I was like, I'm fairly certain that's that's not a word. But um, oh, okay. I have my favourite line. It follows right after this point. This is my favourite line of the episode. I'm putting my putting my foot down already. I mean, we're only like, what, half an hour in or, or such and such. Uh, maybe not even that far. It's when she says, you have some lovely things here. And he says, the settlement is final, Lily. <laughs> just think that is amazing i like you forget that like that's how divorces work and that there would have been that animosity and there would have been that kind of splitting of of resources and wealth and material things between the two like you kind of forget that when you see them together and they're they're getting along you know that there has to have been a point where they were like hating each other and i just think it's a funny line but also tinge you a little bit of sadness i don't know don't you thought yeah i mean as someone who's worked with like obviously people getting divorced and things like that um Mm, yeah of course i actually it's something i really love about the the second half of this episode when they're in the hotel and the genuine warmth between them given everything that's happened in their past yeah Um, and i I think i agree with you it's it's a very it's a funny line tinged with a little bit of sadness it's very i really like it i think it sums up their relationship very well yeah i i think any any fraser quote worth its salt can be just which is pretty much all of them can be described as you know funny with a tinge of sadness because i think that's what fraser it has so much heart as a show i think that is what it does best it it can make you laugh and it can make you feel a little bit sad at exactly the same time it's just why we why we love it so much and keep coming back to it. But yeah, I just kind of put a general note in my my word document here. BB Newworth, just generally, we've already said it, but I just I just think she's brilliant. Her presence in these scenes, she's really kind of dominant. She really holds the presence. The way she kind of interacts with Eddie, she the way she speaks, she is so like the female analog of Frasier. Obviously, they were very alike. That's why they went out and got married. But just like her vocal delivery is really funny. She's got a really husky, deep voice, and so many of the lines she says that shouldn't be funny are because of the way she says them and i just think you know there aren't i wouldn't say there are too many characters in fraser whose whose humor relies solely on the way they say things but maybe for me that is what lilith is but it, it just works so well yeah i particularly love her delivery when she's talking about Martin, i'm especially delighted to see you here tonight oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> Knowing as I do the history of your relationship with Fraser, when I heard that he'd taken you in, I immediately flipped to the Weather Channel to see if hell had indeed frozen over. 
that line to Martin, I can perfectly hear it in my mind right now. Yeah, it's, and me, like the rhythm she sets when she's when she's kind of, and I love when she's talking to to Martin at that point. He's kind of going, he's grabbing the K, going, yeah, yeah, you know, you were you were thinking about me, were you? And he's kind of getting like really agitated that she's going to like attack him or something. Just absolutely brilliant. I was going to say that in terms of female characters, it's like she reminds me a bit of BB Glazer in that sort of way that she just comes in and she controls the scene and dominates the scene. Yeah, and when you're you know when you're in a room with that actors like David Hypeers and John Mahoney, Kelsey, you know, that's that's very, very difficult to do. And it's a testament to just how spot on she is with her character, right from, I mean, obviously she's done it with, with Cheers and things like that, but right from the word go in terms of her time on Frasier, she nails it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what we have, like, the, the amazing bit at the dinner table, she again is kind of dominating where she's talking about Frederick's chess camp trip, and when she's slowly describing, he has to wear long sleeves, you know, and, and, and long trousers and a bonnet with a net on. <laughs> And then another incredible line from Martin when he's like, oh, you know, I'm sure they won't bully him. You know how kids are. All he needs is a birthmark on his forehead and I'll beat him to death with the shovel. (laughs) It's so graphic and horribly violent, but also just like so true. Like kids are the worst. And it's just horrible. They are horrible. And I just, we, we were lucky. The school we went to and the year we were in generally full of great people. But yeah, kids generally like, they would beat you to death with a shovel, Martin. Yeah, it's spot on. Yeah, it's just I, I, again I've kind of noted his lines in this episode get the first kind of genuine laugh out loud since we really started this rewatch and just I was genuinely losing it at this point. The, the quote about not putting his sexual urges in the report and then she's like, "You're having some fun at my expense, aren't you, Martin?" It's like, "Not much," and then gets up and walks away. Just yeah, it's just bouter after bouter, like yeah, every I mean, every line in this in this scene. It's, it's only after I finished watching this episode that I realised actually how little Martin is in this episode. So he's, this is pretty, this is his one scene. Um, yeah, that's so true, actually. He's just got so many great lines that he's. You, you think he's in it a lot more than he is, just because, as, as you said. I mean, I love that line again. With I didn't put that in the report. It's just, <laughs> it's it's, it's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, so many good lines. I just think, kind of generally speaking, of this episode's plot, obviously, which as you say, you know, Martin doesn't factor into it. I just think it's a really good conceit. That idea of the lost letter that Fraser wrote a year ago, and then her finding it. It really kind of it doesn't feel contrived it doesn't feel like a stupid plot device to get her to seattle so that we can have this first kind of complication between her and fraser it just feels really natural and like this is genuinely something that could happen in in real life and you really feel for both of them at this point because at one you're thinking wow fraser really did mean what he said and this wasn't that long ago but you know relatively speaking it was and then obviously you feel bad for Lilith that she's come all this way under false pretenses because of because of the letter. I just think it's a really good device. Yeah, I mean, just before I I say about that, um, what I do love just before that that little scene is. Um... Is when Niles and Lilith make up, and the way that he immediately hugs her. And next time you're in town, I'll have dinner just you and me. I just I absolutely love it. Yeah, he's um, such a sycophant. Like all he needs is that one little jot of praise, and he's yeah. just on you. Like thank you, that's what I needed. <laughs> and the way that Fraser sort of calls him out and says, "Yeah, he doesn't get that at home." <laughs> absolutely yeah. love it. Um, but love yeah, no. Stuff. In terms of the letter, I completely agree. I think that is something that it's, it's completely believable. I can it could completely happen and it's something that again it's one of those moments in Frasier where it's very very heartfelt and then you have that wonderful spin of a little bit of humour straight afterwards you know the way that she reads out the letter it's a very <laughs> sweet letter it shows really how Frasier felt and that you can tell from the you know the le- from what she says that he clearly meant it and then yeah. immediately after you have to joke about him plagiarising
criticising the captain and Tennille, which is a yeah. lovely little, it's a lovely <laughs> little gag because anyone who's ever written any kind of romantic poetry has definitely ripped off someone else somewhere along the line. Yeah, um, it's. So I love this it. exchange between the two. It's so playful and just yeah. As I say, the letter works so well in this episode as a kind of a central concept. It's kind of so. After this, we're in Novosa, and the coffee count this week is two bring the total to 21 and they're sitting at the book table which is actually my second favorite of the tables they frequent in the Vosa, which i think we've talked about briefly and I, I love the fact that when they're at these at the table niles is just really like deftly sidestepping giving fraser any meaningful advice about what he should do like he's 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 doing the thing when like his advice to pretend to be jewish is to answer a question with another question he is pretending to be jewish here because he's just not doing anything that is what fraser wants he's just not offering him anything yeah, I absolutely love Niles in this scene. I mean, right from the start, again, he calls out the whole Captain and Tennille thing. He um, does, yeah. And, yeah. and Fraser's just not come back like, like they own those five ones. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a great line. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, but I also, I, I think that this is, um, I, I think this is what a lot of people's idea of therapy and therapists is, that they just ask you, and what are your thoughts on that? And what do you think about that? Yeah. And, and uh, Niles, he does it so very well but it, i tell you what it's true because if i ask someone a question a lot of the time i just want them to agree with me i'm not actually asking for an answer um, yeah no I, I think confirmation bias is a very real thing and i think it affects everyone even on minor things let alone major decisions like should i get back with my ex-wife who who divorced me so acrimoniously um you know previously but yeah like when when you ask someone a question about like oh you know does this if i'm in a shop does this shirt suit me should i buy it you want to be told if you want to be affirmed and in yeah, you want to be affirmed in your own beliefs, and that's all Fraser wants here. And maybe Niles knows that. And even though he's being a bit of a bit of an ass deliberately, he's avoiding kind of giving Fraser what he wants in terms of confirmation bias. Yeah. Um, if he is doing that, then maybe he actually is being a good brother after all in this scene. And we're kind of yeah, that's the part of the the layer to this to this exchange. But um, you know, uh, what I was going to say, what I love is that not only the whole the, you know the joke with him constantly, you know, you know why you know what you need to do that joke works really well for me what makes it even better is just that one little bit extra when you think it's over and fraser says to him i don't know what i'd do without you yes you do <laughs> that that little bit that it takes it that little bit further i think that works so well yeah yeah no I, I i love that um i love that little final parting shot that he has um and obviously of course he's parting to go and see lilith who's in the most lavish hotel room i can, <laughs> I can remember seeing almost identical i think to the one where she and niles sleep together in in I think season five um, in room service. So probably just a, a set, obviously somewhere they've reused, but it's kind of eerie and slightly Freudian in its own way that they both, ha both her, Frasier and Nars have sex with her in a hotel room that looks strangely um, similar. But yeah, I love how Frasier's kind of got a few buttons undone to signify he's, he's casual. He's out on a night of romance and it just, he just looks without a toy and the buttons are done. He just looks like Simon Cowell to me. <laughs> like he just looks bizarre. It doesn't work. But yeah, I mean, he, he kind of he arrives there Lilith let her hair down makes a joke about how it took her hours to kind of you know I decided I to be playful yeah. I think her words are yeah just I, I love this exchange between the two if you've got any kind of comments on on this kind of what's the word flashpoint moment in the episode where you're like oh god are they are they gonna get it yeah I, I really really love this I, I mean Lilith looks like a completely different person with her hair down she does um, she's really attractive she is she really is and I just I absolutely love the line of you know after several hours of deliberation and weighing it all up <laughs> I decided to be playful. Um, yeah. but I also the way she says that, it's like, it's a joke, but also it's not. 
Yeah, yeah. You should. Use, I would be surprised if she gets out a load of charts explaining her decision. Yeah, no, um, that is absolutely spot on. But what I really do like, and I, I mentioned it earlier on, is you know, in in this scene and, and the end of the episode, you do see a genuine respect between Lilith and Frasier. Mm. And despite you know all the animosity, everything that's gone, you know, been between them in the past, I really do like that you do have there is that still bit of warmth between a bit of there is a love for each other. You know, and I really love the way that, you know, she says she respects him for how he's gotten on with his life. And he says that, you know, she's a great mother and all that. And I think it's just it's a really moving moment. It's really nice to see. I could not agree more. And I, I would say beyond Frasier's relationship with Niles and both of their mutual relationship with Martin, outside of those two, Frasier and Lilith's relationship throughout the whole series, to me, is probably the most interesting and meaningful like connection between two human beings. Like it is so real the way they speak to one another and in this moment where after they've they've slept together and woke up which i've got a few comments on the kind of frazier's actions that, that lead to that but in the morning as you say they reconcile and he's talking to her behind her in the mirror and he's, he's saying you know you've raised our son wonderfully and just it's a really warm beautiful moment but yeah just there's so much meaning to their relationship and i've always really got a lot out of them too and I, that's why i just love episodes with lilith in and frankly wish she was in it way more than she is i i could have happily stomached her as a regular I, in what capacity that doesn't make sense I mean obviously the fact that she's Freddie's mom means she could have been in it more and Freddie could have been in it more as well and obviously there's always the possibility of her and Frasier reconciling and, and that being the ultimate arc of Frasier they, they didn't go with that and for, they had very good reason not to but yeah I just think their relationship's full of meaning but yeah but before we get to that obviously they sleep together Frasier we all know what you were Frasier <laughs> he arrives very horny as we have talked about at length in previous episodes <laughs> I think Frasier's a bit i don't want to use a really harsh word but he's a bit scummy here because you know he gets what he wants and ultimately hurts lilith and he is sincere by reconciling it at the end but also you know he shouldn't have done it in the first place and he's old enough to know that and i think obviously the the, the counter to that is well he's just a, an impulsive you know man and he he's he's flawed anyway he's not perfect but as a psychiatrist and an empath i just think yeah i don't really agree with his actions up to that point i don't know if you have any comments on that yeah, i agree with you i mean the fact that it's such a fast turnaround it does suggest you know he was only after one thing you know whatever yeah. he might say you know the fact that he wakes up the next morning you, you know you see his eyes you know it, it's a great little bit of acting from from kelsey yeah um, and I, I really do love as well is that uh someone knocks at the door he, he um he jumps up and uh, and lilith sort of falls under the pillow which i really yeah like. <laughs> she gets buried like well, yeah i love that um but no i agree with you i, I think that he yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he takes advantage or anything, but it it is a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I think that would be unfair a claim to level at him. She is emotionally vulnerable, but less so than in the episode where they get together because she's being divorced and Frasier like is just hot for her because she's she's really upset and like that is a plot point in the episode her vulnerability. But yeah, I mean, one thing I just want to just quick quick tangent when they're talking about where to go for dinner, Frasier mentions a French bistro he knows. Could he be referring to the one and only, do you think? Le Cigar Volant! <laughs> I think he has to be, doesn't he? Could it be Le Cigar Volant? But yeah, I think that's where they're, they're possibly where they're headed. I would have loved to see an episode of, of them two there. I think that would yeah. have been good. I, mean, um, I completely agree with you that I'd have liked to have seen a lot more Lilith. And for me, 
I think they would have ended up being sort of confidants and best friends. They would have realised that as a couple, I don't think they work, but as like friends, I think they could have had a really strong relationship on that front. Yeah, and I feel like ultimately that is what they become. I'm struggling to remember the last episode that she's in, like the last exchange he has with her. I'm presuming it's a positive one. Obviously, I've seen the series so many times, I don't know why I cannot remember. I don't think she's in the, the last season, though I could be completely wrong there. Um, got nothing to base that on, but yeah, just kind of going back to the the plot of this episode wonderful title card fried eggs and other small tragedies when they when they kind of wake up Fraser, as you say the acting from Kelsey here it's exactly like in the episode the impossible dream when he wakes up in the motel in his dream and he's looking around the silence in the background he's kind of very unsure of his surroundings he's kind of clutching the duvet to himself just really really funny just even just his eyes dancing around the room like to be able to be that expressive and funny and then the amazing rant when he says when Lilla says this is a mistake just excellent from Kelsey again kind of just all of this stuff just spewing out at one moment and then realizing oh god that was the ultimate Freudian slip <laughs> like I shouldn't have done that but yeah just that was I think I think that was what made me think Frasier was in the wrong here that massive rant and then thinking hang on you got exactly what you wanted when you came to this hotel room last night so I don't think he's in any position to be like sounding after Lilith about that ultimately it's it's the good thing that he does because she's not really in love with him but yeah I think it's a it's a complicated episode for for Frasier and how he's meant to act I think yeah and again it's it's not sort of a slow change or anything like he just he burst out with it it's this big sort of rant <laughs> and yeah I mean he then I mean to give Frasier his credit I really do like the way that he you know he, he shows her herself in the mirror and tells her about how she's strong well dynamic intelligent you know so he's not all bad in it but yeah he's probably not his finest hour yeah it's not but to kind of bring it back after they've reconciled, this isn't my favourite quote from the episode, as I've already given that, but it is my favourite look slash moment, if you will. I remember this all the time. This comes to me randomly every like every few days sometimes. Random things will, will make me think of it. When he says, you are the most adventurous or exciting lover I've ever had, I'm sure in your heart of hearts you would say the same about me. B.B. Neweth's pause, and then when he goes, Lilith, and she looks up at him, like... Like, the way she looks at Frasier in that, it is absolutely, like, spot on. Like, physically acting, the way she gets that stare right. It's funny. It's almost, like, seductive as well. It's just, I think it's brilliant. Such a good moment in the show. I agree. It's an absolutely perfect yeah. last little in- interchange between them. But, no, I, I think it's a really nice little... It's a it's the perfect way to end, I say, that little dialogue between the two of them. You know? Yeah, I, I completely agree. It shows they're back to that playful size. Again, the kind of using sex as a, as a kind of tool to, to bridge the, the gap between the two of them. Yeah, just, just a really nice a really nice way to end things. And then obviously the very end of this episode, the kind of post credit scene, is Daphne lying on the couch and then interspliced with images of, of the plane leaving that is presumably carrying uh, carrying Lilith. Jane Leaves even makes like lying on a couch with a headache look like a model shoot. Like She just she looks so good in this scene. And like, she's meant to have a headache, she's meant to be ill, and I'm just thinking man like she's got like the perfect 90s fashion thing going on just uh yeah top notch i mean there's someone some guy on the fraser fanning club actually kept posting images of jane leaves like really seductive ones and people ended up like asking him to stop because <laughs> this guy was clearly obsessed with her and like was just horny for jane leaves but when you see the end of this episode i think it's it's fair to, to know why she has that effect on her <laughs> this um, is we, we are very much i mean at the start of this show we were talking to each other like oh are you more 
more Niles? Are you more Frazier? Um, in the last few weeks, all we've gone on about is Lillard looks great, Jane Lee. <laughs> yeah, I don't want this to turn into a horribly misogynistic <laughs> podcast. Um, so that will be a we'll put a moratorium on on references to uh to that attractiveness from from here on out. Res- res- reserve it only for Guy, the ski instructor, and <laughs> and that's it. That's the last time we can mention it. But yeah, before we play our customary game of whose crane is it anyway, Key? Have you got any kind of final closing comments this week? Don't worry if you don't. Not a closing comment in the episode, but I will ask to make sure um, that we, we don't forget. Um, is this in your top 10? It's not in my top 10. However, if we were going to rank the Cheers episodes, which I think would be a very good you know use of our time at some point down the line, it would definitely be a top three, potentially the top of those. So in some ways, it's in a top 10 of its own. But uh, yeah, it's not in my it's not in my overall top 10. Is it in yours? It's not in mine. But I mean, as, as much as you just said there about ranking, say, like the Cheers episodes, things like that. What I think we should do at the end of this season, and people might think this is a terrible idea, but I know there's a theory that with all TV shows in a season, uh, the third of the episodes are great, third of the episodes are average, and a third of the episodes are the week episodes um, right so I, I think at the end of each season we should try and give up our thirds you know what are the strongest you know, oh i love episodes. that i love that yeah you know, i was just gonna say you know what are our top you know seven or eight what's our middle and then what would we put in the, say, the lower category and things like that i really love that idea of, of splitting it into thirds actually because even in the seasons that are really strong like seasons one to five you know maybe one to seven if you're being generous um it will really force us to like pick episodes that we love and put them in like the the, the weaker quote-unquote category because you know there are some seasons that are like almost just banger after banger and it's like there's a few episodes that are weak and i think it'll be really hard to kind of punish ourselves and, and do that so i think that's a really good idea that is definitely something we can do every at the yeah. end of every season i think and i think in terms of i, I can imagine our top tens are gonna be probably pretty similar that's um, interesting you think that i don't I, know why but i think we're gonna have like three or four of the big ones and, and then, then i feel like we're gonna split quite a bit i feel like some of mine are quite left field okay well, I'll take back what oh, I said. Yeah. Yeah. But I think <laughs> I think if we did three groups, I think our groups would be quite different. I think maybe the top group would be fairly similar, but I think groups mm. two to three of what we see as middle and what we see as the weaker ones, I think we'd have quite a bit of difference. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm weird because I just I'm really the stuff I'm into in, in what appeals to me in these episodes is just really niche. Like you know, sometimes if they just sit in a certain if they sit at the bookcase in Navosa, I like that episode more. <laughs> like it's just stupid tiny things like govern yeah. what. I, I, like I think there's a bit. there's a big thing as well about for me for nostalgia is a big thing. Like if if I watched the episode with someone or if I have a fond memory of when I watched it for the first time, that will have a big impact on me. If if I regard it as a classic or not. Yeah, and I'm fairly certain my favourite of all time, which obviously I'm not going to say, is the first episode I ever saw. And I I don't don't think that's why I've picked it, because I, I love so many other things about the episode, which kind of relate to general interests I have anyway. But it's interesting to think about how nostalgia may have affected that 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 decision. But um, before we go over to the quick, brief listener mail we have this week, are you ready for Whose Crane Is It Anyway, Kay? Yes, I am. Okay, this week, it's just one word. Word, oh, and it's God. the only time the word is used in the episode. So I'm going to be interested to see if you can get, tell me who says it. Okay. The word is resounds. R-E-S-O-U-N-D-S. Resounds. <laughs> can I have it in a sentence, please? <laughs> um, um, the bass line resounds in my <laughs> eardrums. There oh, you go. Okay. Um, can you tell me who says resounds? Oh, okay. Um, my gut instinct is that it's either going to be Lilith or mm. maybe... 
See, just because you mentioned eardrums, I'm thinking Daphne and headache, and okay. um, maybe she said, but is that a word Daphne would choose? I she has said clawing at the cosmic continuum in this <laughs> That's episode, true, so yeah. I think everything's fair game. Um, with that in mind, I'm going to say Daphne. Oh, it's Lilith, baby! Oh, no, you can't! <laughs> I led you down a garden path of Freudian hallways. But yes, it is Lilith when she is quoting Niles' vows and says, there must be some... Po- oh, no, no, sorry. When she's she's reading the letter of Frasius and she quotes, there must be some part of your heart that still resounds to the rhythm of my own, which is actually an incredibly beautiful phrasing, if a little bit corny. Um, yeah, and it's a really, really nice letter. I, I think he did a cracking job writing it. It is, it is. And, you know, fair play to him. But yeah. It was, um... And yet all anyone remembers is that he plagiarised Captain Tennille. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, I'm going to go away and listen to some Captain Tennille tonight. You have my word on that. Particularly the, the Love Wall, whatever it was called. Love Wall Keep Us Together yeah. um, or something. Um, not Love Wall Tear Us Apart by George Bishop. <laughs> So, listener mail this week. Um, we don't have that much to to talk through. Uh, Mischief Knight Corey um, actually commented on um, on the episodes, and he, he was on about swamp gas, which we mentioned mm. last week. And he says, "I think you're spot on saying that it's somewhat regional based, but in my experience, swamp gas is a lovely muddled smell of rotting wood, stagnant water, moss, mud, and a bit of sulphur here and there, but more rot than anything else. Not unlike a dog who has been running around the woods too long, which I think is a very beautiful image um, of what of what swamp gas." I was like, and here, Key, this is a little reference to last week when we talked about you using Key as a nickname. Yeah. And you said, you know, people have to earn to call me Key. He has been calling you Key. And he put, <laughs> and um, give Key Ren my sincerest apologies for referring to him by Key in the questions. Hopefully, one day that'll be okay. And I just put, one, you'll laugh at that. And two, you, you're definitely, he's definitely, I think Corey's definitely earned the right to call you Key through I his, his uh, studious quiz notes. I'm going to put it out there. Anyone who's listened to more than five episodes has earned the right <laughs> to call me Key. That's the badge of honour you get. If we ever open a Patreon, we could have like yeah. little enamel badges made that, that say, oh, I, I voted for Key. <laughs> I can use Key. Um, but yeah, so thank you very much to, uh, to Mischief Knight for that. Had a few comments from other people on the previous episode as well, saying that they just found the podcast and we're really excited to dive in, which is always lovely to hear as well. Next week, we'll be looking at season one, episode 17, I believe, which is A Midwinter Night's Dream. Really good episode. Oh, yes. So, um, with the return to Maris's mansion and kind of the, yeah, romance reaching a, a head, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> in, inside the stormy living room of Mar- Maris's mansion. But yeah, any, any kind of parting words, Key, or, or is that everything? I'm really looking forward to next week's now. Am yeah. I am I right in thinking that we might see Niles a bit dressed up? Is that um, we, right we may oh, do we see him dressed up? I know one yes, where yes, 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 I think yeah. so. I think yeah. I th- I'm thinking of the one episode where he he fen- has a fight with the fence instructor and he, think, he's also yeah. dressed up ish there. But yeah, I think he does dress up when he's playing the piano at this point. Um, I, I think so yeah. Really looking forward to that episode. Um sorry, were you gonna say something? I think I wanna say if I have a very, very vivid memory of Nars in something quite frilly like a yeah like know, a cravat or something he's got some, something with lace yeah like... a bit of an Austin Powers thing going on <laughs> so yeah really looking forward to that it's a good ep um, but other than that I've been Will I've been Key and thank you very much for listening to We're Listening Hey baby I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy. and maybe I seem a bit confused well maybe but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scraps.